Welcome to It's 11, it's heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans for Leicester City fans. Tonight is our first episode of season two and we're joined by ex-Leicester City defender Julian Watts. How are you, Julian? Hi, good evening. And we're joined by Spike from uh, Leicester, Leicestershire-based Brewers 06, who produce a, uh, a a pretty famous Leicester City beer at the minute, don't you, Spike? Is that right? Am I right in saying uh, that? Yes, we do. We absolutely do. And um, can I just uh, start with, are we allowed to swear? Because obviously... Yeah, you can mention a, the name of the beer. Yeah. We can mention, can mention the name of it. Yes, we are the Brewers of Yuri's Thunderbastard. Excellently named after that beautiful day back in, in May. And do you know what? Tonight we've got all five of us guys on here as well, which has been a bit of a rarity. So, Steve, how's your summer been? You're over in Belfast at the moment. Yes, I'm, I'm over in Norrard and uh, for work and uh, my second trip over the summer. Of course, as you know, I was down in England for the final of the Euros and uh, down in wow. Leicester and... Sussex and Norfolk and back to Leicester again. About a good couple of weeks, well, just over a couple of weeks down in England. Cool. Couldn't face watching the final in Scotland. Uh, Aidan, how was your how was your summer? Summer's been good, Margot. Summer's been good. Um, had three weeks in France um, and just kind of not long back from there. Had to quarantine for 10 days, unfortunately, when I got back. Um, but Steve came and visited me at the weekend, so that's, that was a nice break to quarantine. And as I was saying earlier, I've got a ticket for the Super Cup final on Wednesday. So yeah, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of booing and, and harassing um, Fernie New, Chilwell, um, at least. Yeah. That sa- sounds like it's worth £110 by itself. And Tom, you're, you're down in Leicestershire in, in Haven at the moment. How are you? Yes, mate. Hi, I'm, I'm all right, yeah. Um, busy summer, I suppose, you know, changing jobs. And then I'm currently looking for a house and all that and... You know, enjoyed what we could of the Euros. <laughs> Which note, Barry? How's things? I, I guess yeah. it's it's a bit of a tougher time for you at the moment. Are we are we over Grealish uh, leaving just yet? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think we've been prepared for it. It wasn't really a shock, and I think we've invested the money quite well. Actually, we've invested our own money quite well. We've still got hundred million to spend if we want. Yeah, I do it's remember. Like, I don't want to pick the quote out from the podcast of last season, but you did say, and it it, it probably looks even worse now, um, that Villa were going to do a, a Lionel Messi and build the team around Grealish, and he was staying there. <laughs> and now, now Messi's gone as well. So, um, so, so he has. Yeah, he has. Yeah, so, so you were right in a funny old way. Uh, uh, Julian, what, what are you up to now then, now you've finished playing? What's your, uh, what's your day-to-day look like? Uh, I'm uh, an operations manager at uh, online food retailer. Yeah, guy that I've worked with before and I was sort of floating about a few years ago not quite sure what I wanted to do next and he asked me if I'd come in and sort of run the operational side of the business which I've done for him before uh, at a previous company so I'm just a year into that now and it's going it's going really well Are you, You're not involved in football at all anymore? Are you more of a fan fan these days? No, I've, I've touched on and it's uh, quite a bit of non-league very low down like level 10 and what have you but at the moment my lad's uh, 14 and he plays for Worksop Town in the 15s uh, so I sort of help out because I'm not as committed as the other two guys but I can come mm-hmm. a session on it for them so I'm yeah. sort of classed as one of the coaches 
Yeah, and I suppose Worksop Town is just about in the uh, the catchment area of one of the best academies in the world right now, isn't it? So, not that we want to blow our own too much around that, but you can't can't be that far away from Seagrave, surely. No, no, it's not. It's not to be fair. Um, and Spike, how, how's things for you? So, you you are a Leicester City fan, aren't you? I am indeed, absolutely. And I just uh, before we go any further, just point out to Barry that. 100 million for Jack Grealish buys you 23 and a half million. You're in, you're in the bastards, and I think it's a sound investment for Aston Villa. Yeah, the only issue with that spike is you've got a bottle there if that happens, so you, you might be setting yourself up for failure there. Yeah. So, tell me, tell me your story about being a Leicester fan then and where this all come from. This all came from so, um, as a, a young child sitting in a very lonely Leicester shirt within the playground of Loughborough, believe it or not. I was surrounded by Forest mainly and Man United shirts. <clears throat> and I used to absorb the FA Cup from 12 o'clock start to six o'clock sort of finish. And um, I remember one year, particularly 1987, which was the, the Coventry um, Gary Mabber own goal, 3-2 win. Um, and then the year afterwards was Wimbledon beating Liverpool. Um, and I just started thinking, why can't Leicester do this? You know, you've got Coventry and then, then Wimbledon. Been obsessed with it really ever since, you know, being jealous of teams that got in there, uh, Portsmouth, Sunderland, and thinking only we had a manager that took it seriously. Um, obviously, everything that's happened to us in the last six years has been incredible, but the FA Cup was quite special to me because of that, uh, for, for that reason. So when Yuri uh, smacked it one, I text Matt and went, oh my God, what a thunder bastard that was. Um, <laughs> Next day, I tweeted, if we had our license, we'd be releasing Euro's Thunder Bastard. And then uh, it, went, it went from there, really. So how's it been so far then? So we've got Matt on as well. He's not a Leicester yeah. fan, is he? He's a, he's a Liverpool fan. So, I am, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apologies <laughs> about that in advance. But so, so what happened from there then? Obviously, you got your license and things have been going pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got our license uh, on the 22nd of June. Um, and then on the 24th, we went live. So my day on the 24th of June was pretty hectic. It was get the website live. It broke. Lots of issues. Got it sorted out. Put one tweet out just saying, hey, Leicester City fans, it's happened. We, we did, we've done the Euros, done the bastard. <laughs> and uh, before that happened, me and Matt were sort of chatting to ourselves, going, what's a good starting day for us? We're like you know, eight orders, 10 orders maybe. That'd be pretty good. And then... Um, <laughs> Uh, by midday we'd got 36 and we're feeling pretty chuffed for ourselves and giving ourselves a pat on the back. Now we'd only released 50 sets of, of this beer. We had 150, we're going to do 100, we're going to do other stuff with it, you know, personalised beer and, and all these ideas that we had. Um, and then around about four o'clock, I went to fetch my dog from the kennels, uh, from his doggy daycare thing. And I just stood there going, my leg is, my leg's getting really hot. So I had a quick look and my phone had just exploded because uh, Ian Stringer got hold of it, retweeted it. Owen Palmer Atkinson, Matt Piper commented on it. Cool as Leicester got hold of it. And we, we'd sold out within eight hours of the, of the first uh, sets of beer. So we kind of went, oh, <laughs> just, I remember <laughs> Matt being on the phone. Uh, I rang him and I think we just laughed at each other two minutes again. What have we done? <laughs> what is going on? This has gone crazy kind of thing. Um, so yeah, went on Radio Leicester on the Monday, uh, we had to put another brew on, we had to increase the size of the brew and, uh, and we're, we're going through it again. Oh, yeah. So mm. last week I went on holiday at a very bad time for Matt when, um, when the, it came back from the bottlers 
Um, and he's like, it's here. I'm like, oh, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. Here's the spreadsheet. <laughs> so, um, so it's been ultimately an excellent sort of thing to to release so far. How how do you know each yeah. other then? What's the what's the history with you guys as a as a brewing company? I'll let Matt speak. Yeah, well, no, that's for yeah. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? You're right. Hi, Matt. Good, thanks. Yeah. Good. Hi, well, do you know what? We worked together in Nottingham a long time ago, actually. 13, 13 years ago now. Yeah. Easy. Something like that. Yeah. And then and then us, yeah, kept in touch kind of thing. I worked with client, uh, work, work, work with Spike on a sort of daily basis and stuff. And we both kind of got to the point and uh, decided we want to start something of our own and decided last New Year's Eve was the time to do that, <laughs> which was um why not? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Opening a brewery in uh, in a pandemic. So, <laughs> so basically, yeah, did that. I've been home brewing for ten years and with mixed results, and you know, and and just thought, well, you know, why not? Basically, and we both we both love football, music, wanted to bring them kind of influences into it, and um, and that's kind of our form. Trying to have a bit of fun, basically, I think was, yeah. the, was the main thing with it. Um, Absolutely. And we just did not expect this. So, so yeah, yeah it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster to be honest. Uh, I think Matt's selling himself as well because he's sort of saying, I've been homebrewing hit and miss. I mean, for the last few years, it's been excellent. And, um, you know, I've purposely placed some products being the marketing <laughs> person around. So, obviously, you've got yours here. We've got our first um, core beer, so to speak, up here, which is actually um, Matt's been brewing for, for, for quite a few years. And finally, we went, Do you know what? This is, let, let's put it out there. We did taste tests as well, didn't we, Matt? In mm. sort of, uh, was that April? It was April, yeah, it was, wasn't it? We it was, put yeah. six beers together. That one, hands down, you know, and it's no surprise. It's the one that Matt's used to and brewed for, for so many times. So, listen, if you need any testers moving forward, we are your guys. <laughs> so, we, we do have a brew crew. Um, there you go. So you guys you go. drop on drop on the website and fill your details in, and we'll. Uh, what what is the website? It's zero six brew.co.uk. Great. We'll come back to you and discuss beer a little bit further. I feel like it's a good matchup for for football, isn't it? But oh, listen, yeah. we'll move on to the we'll move on to the charity shield. Another piece of silverware in the in the cabinet again at the weekend. So uh, I don't know, Steve. Were you expecting a victory at the weekend? Um, not expecting. I thought we had a chance, yeah. I didn't think Man City would play their um, first team and we were obviously going to have a few out. And then Little Wes, of course, uh, got that injury on Wednesday. I thought that would hamper us because I wasn't sure that Daniel or Binkovic or anyone else coming in would look to the job. Marty did really well. Um, I thought we had a chance, yeah. And uh, because we played really well, the first 60 minutes against Valencia and I thought if we if we attack like that then we had a chance it's, uh, it's an exciting time at the moment again isn't it um, Julian just while we, we talk about Wembley you played at Wembley didn't you for Leicester back in 96 is yes, it the play, yeah. playoff final yeah what goes through a footballer's mind on a day like that full house at Wembley obviously there's not as much on the line for a charity shield but how, how was that day for you um, it's, it's funny I always remember as on the bus coming up Wembley Way and you couldn't see a Palace fan. It was just Leicester fans everywhere. And Steve Walsh was making quite a few jokes about how nervous he was. And I was thinking, I am actually in that state <laughs> right now. And it's just those things, you, you always hid how you felt if you felt like that. You wouldn't really stand there and go, oh, God, I'm, I'm absolutely petrified. But, I, you know, my stomach was churning. It, and it was it was a massive, massive day. But I was always quite lucky as a player that in, in those occasions that, once I got onto the pitch and the you know the game started, then I'd, uh, you just sort of went into a mode and 
you just got on with it. You were playing a game of football, but yeah, the, the tension, you know, for a good two hours before really built up in, inside of me, definitely. Anyway, it was like the, well, it was the biggest game I've ever been involved in. It's th- those, uh, like Spike was saying before though, isn't it? That build-up of the day. It's not just a game of football on days like that. We used to go in a couple of hours before just to hear the band play and all the little football games that were being played out there. Um, as, as a football, it must be really hard. What did Martin O'Neill say to you on days like that to keep you uh, keep you calm? He didn't really, Martin. He was more of a, you know, during the game or the half-time, he, he could really rouse you and, he, you know, there'd be a few bits and pieces. But we'd done a lot of work on the training ground. Um, and I always, I've got a, what I think is a funny story is that I, I thought we'd got them beat the week before because we went on a trip to uh, Bournemouth and it was a bit of a bonding trip. And obviously, as we were in those days, allowed to go out and have a few beers. It was about a week before the final. And we ended up in a nightclub. Uh, in, I'm sure it was Bournemouth. Uh, and we were all there drinking pints and whatever, <laughs> as we did in those days. And uh, we saw the Palace lads. They were in the exact same nightclub as a group. They were all drinking <laughs> orange juice and water. And- <laughs> rolling about our lads and all that. The lads knew one or two of their lads. So there's a couple of chit chats, but we actually really uh, stayed away from each other. But I just thought it was hilarious that we were, I mean, we were all off cuts as well. It was about half. <laughs> I, I reckon that would have been Walsh's fault. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember that game as well. I think Palace sort of slaughtered us a bit as well, didn't they? I remember Kevin Paul making a, a few good saves on on the day, and uh, we sort of rode our luck at times. He did. I think the first twenty minutes, they were first 15, 20 minutes, they were all over us. I mean, uh, the goal they scored, it went through my legs, and I think it bobbled off the turf, which is yeah, yeah, for Pooley because Pooley was like unbelievable keeper. Um, and I think, but then we settled into the game, and I, I know a lot of people said it was a great game of football to watch for the neutrals. And what have you? But I thought I did think we, we grew into the game. And I know um, early in the second half, George and Dar uh, had a great effort on goal. It was right in the top corner, and Pooley uh, he just pulled it out of the bag like he always used to do. He certainly uh, did. Yeah, and it, uh, you know, so there were, I think there were one or two moments. But other than that, I thought overall we, we, we deserved what we what we came out with in the end. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if Matt and Barry, you know the history of this, but it's the last minute of the game and Marta O'Neill takes off Kevin Poole, uh, the, the goalie, and brings on Zelko Kalach in the 120th minute, getting ready for penalties. Zelko Kalach is a six-foot-eight-inch goalkeeper, so it looks for all intents and purposes like we've settled for penalties. And, Julian, did you win the header for that goal? Am I right in saying that? I, yeah, I mean, I've got, I think we were so tired. I can't remember the lad who was marking me. We were both absolutely knackered. It was like the last minute of, of uh, in time been a hot day a hard game and we both just rose and met it at the same time you can see a spin on the ball uh, but w- what they've always said about Zelko coming on is that the Palace the, the Palace players were more sort of intrigued by that happening than than anything else and it, it, just, just the way the goal came about with Steve Claridge wasn't even in the right position but as the ball led he, he sort of walked onto it and and then famously put it in the in, you know in the top bin so uh, I mean, just... it worked out great in the end what a Wembley fair he, he, he took out most of, of the whole crowd. I think I was one of the only people who was watching the game whilst everyone was watching. So I'm jumping up and down as Clara just put it in. Everyone's going, what's wrong with you? The skull? Was that Anyone else? silent, wasn't there? There was that it was, it was moment weird. like, has it really gone in? It, it was like yeah. slow motion, wasn't it? They yeah. hit the net, came back out, and then we all stood looking at each other and going, I've just been promoted. You know, this <laughs> is in the times really are. Who was I was in London over the weekend. I didn't really get to watch the game, but was in a pub with a family um, afterwards. And this lad walked in a Leicester shirt. He was about 16, 17 with his dad. And we sat down and just started talking about Leicester as you do. And this 16-year-old lad has only ever known 
this sort of thing to happen. So this is this isn't normal. We need to be prepared that we have to go through all the rubbish. It's just it's just absolutely crazy. But back to Saturday's game then, um, Tom. Fair result. Do you, do you, are you happy that we got what we deserved? Us, happy. <laughs> Did we deserve yeah. it? Then is that a better question? I. It was a tight one. It was it was a really really tight game. I think I think we were very good going forward in the first half and I, I was surprised we didn't score in that to be honest but um, yeah it, it became tougher and tougher as it went on in the second half and then I wasn't so sure but to be honest I, I didn't I didn't sort of bet on us winning in the first place so I think you know it was quite a nice little surprise for us it's a piece of silverware, isn't it? I know you exactly. see it all over the place at the minute. If you win it, it's a trophy. If you lose it, it's a friendly. Paz, is that <laughs> yeah. is, is that about yeah. right? Uh, you know, can we count that? Are we are we right to be not getting carried away, but to celebrate it as another trophy in the cabinet? I think you do celebrate it. I think that's a good start to the season, and it was a good performance. I don't think there was a part through it where Leicester weren't on top. Uh, I really, I actually really enjoyed the game. I quite like the the young lads for them. The boy. Palmer, he looked like quite a good player. Well, yeah, he did. Gets a, gets a loan or something because he was he was really creative. But your boys, your boys in the back, from middle. I'm not sure that Palmer's going to have a career anymore, though. You see what Chaglas Yunku did to him twice with the old Amazing. drag back. <laughs> <laughs> that that's not the sort of centre half defending you'd be used to, Julian. There is it. If you did that, Marta O'Neill would be clipping you around the ear. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I did. I did get uh, manage to watch the game this afternoon on catch up. So yeah, I did see it. I thought. I thought from it, from my point of view, there were a lot of really good performances from. You know, I think people sometimes are a bit concerned about Amati. I thought he was absolutely excellent. Uh, I'm a big fan of Luke Thomas, but I think it's a great signing to bring. You know, an experienced guy like Bertrand in that he will feed off. And I think this season he'll probably play a bit more uh, Luke Thomas, but just in the fact that he's probably trusted by the manager. I thought last year I would have loved to have seen him a lot more than we did. But then obviously, you know, um, they're watching him every day in training. They see differently, you know, to what to what we do. But I think he's a, a fantastic prospect. And I, I think I could go right through the team on good performances. I don't remember anyone, you know, playing too badly. So that for me was pleasing just, you know, going into the season. Yeah, we. I think, uh, you know, from start to finish, and like Steve said, the first 60 minutes against um, Villarreal as well, it, it was a real good performance. Aidan, is there anyone that stood out for you in there that hasn't been mentioned? Um, I think it was, it was a, speaking of Saturday, it was, it was a comfortable performance um, in that we, we didn't look scared of them. Um, you know, we're playing, playing the, the, the champions, playing the, the, the runners-up of, of the Champions League. Um I guess Pep Guardiola came out at the end and very much referred to it as being a friendly for them, as, as about getting the minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so sure, if you had played a, a Manchester City that were just, really coming at you with... Just stop you there, though, Aidan. They did celebrate that as part of a quadruple two years ago. It was on their list. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe they'll feel without De Bruyne, without a, an out-and-out striker with the younger lads on. It's easy. It's easy for them to say, you know, we didn't we didn't come up against a great Manchester City performance. But no, I'm pleased. Don't I'm not. Don't take me wrong. Uh, I'm pleased with with what we did. And hopefully, it'll be a springboard for a good start to the season. Good to see Ricardo and Harvey Barnes looking back uh, to, towards full power after injury as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Good pace, Ricardo. Just just bombing up the that wing again. Um. Yeah. No, it was positive. I think we looked we looked pretty sharp going forward. Um. And maybe slightly still a bit a little bit rusty. I think there was one or once or twice Harvey Barnes just didn't get the final product um from, from really good build-up play. 
Um, but no, looking positive, looking sharp going forward. Is he there? Is he froze? He's bounced. <laughs> yeah. No, no broadband in Belfast, I'm afraid. It's all right. He's there. He's there now. No, it was, it was excellent to see them. I've got a question for you then, Matt. As a Liverpool fan, if yeah. I was to say to you, obviously Liverpool have had a, a great few years. Mm. If I said to you, look, you can sign three players from Leicester City to, today. Money's not an object, but you can slot them straight into your team. Are you going to say that any of them are good enough? Uh, or, and mm. if so, which three would you take? Do you know what? First one, Madison. Straight off. From a Liverpool perspective, it's, what, it's the one thing we... Uh, whilst the Coutinho thing worked out fantastically, <laughs> um, I, th- I still think there's something not quite not quite there creativity-wise in midfield. I certainly do. So, um, so yeah, I do. And um, I mean, to be weirdly, I'd say like without without Allison, I'd say Schmeichel. I think he's been brilliant. Yeah, I've w- watched the game uh, with my middle daughter, and um, yeah, again, like he was in the Euros, just fantastic. To be honest. Your kids have got excellent taste, and they might have heard they, they, yeah, they my, are excellent fans. Yeah. They are Leicester fans. <laughs> they are. My eldest was at Wembley. Um, she was uh, behind the goal, and yeah, my middle one was yeah, is a bit of an avid Leicester or starting to be an avid Leicester fan. So that's, that's good. So, yeah, are you, ta- are you taking a third one? Or are you happy just with those two? I would say indeedy. Yeah, Bingo would be. I know they're sort of fairly straight choices and stuff, as you'd, you'd expect, but. It's that thing of it's like well, it's like a Fabinho for for Liverpool. He's that kind of player, and he just, I mean, is he as is he as good as um, uh, Kante? Yeah, that's that's a big question, I know, but <laughs> I absolutely love Wilfred and Didi, So you're asking the wrong man, I'm afraid. Okay. But yeah, he, he's better and <laughs> twice as good if you ask me. Um, what, what do you think, Spike? You know, flipping that question back to you, if mm. I said to you, look, there's three players that you don't want to leave. Who who would they be? Because I'm not sure many would have James Madison on that list. I know he had a good game at the weekend. Oh. No, I wouldn't have Madison on that list either, to be honest. <laughs> um, I would not want to lose Schmeichel, not want to lose him, did he? Um, and even though we have kind of lost him, uh, I wouldn't want to lose Fafana. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let, let's talk about... Let's let's talk about that uh, that tackle then and, and that broken leg. Barry, did you see that at the time? Was that the sort of thing that you're seeing? You just know that that is a bad one. I saw, yeah, I saw the highlights. It was, yeah, it was good. I mean, you could just see the way it went down, the way, the way it hit. I'm utterly devastated for you guys. You know how much I love that kid. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. How, how... Going to be, uh, sorry. So you, sorry, carry on. I, I thought this was going to be his breakout season. This was the one that was going to define him, even at a young age. Yeah. I thought this was going to be on. How good is he, Julian, as a centre-back? You know, you must yeah. look for some of those qualities that you, you would recognise yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's like he's nimble on his feet, good on the ball. He reads the game ever so well. I, I, I sort of did a lot of commentary last year, and I think, you know, he, he's young, so he will make mistakes, you know. And Bert to come in and be probably one that they were thinking of a bit further down the pipeline is coming a lot earlier than and more regular than they would have imagined, and he's not looked out of place at all. So, it, fantastic product, uh, prospect, sorry, really, you know, bad injury that I'm sure will be over it sooner than we think. But it, it's such a shame with, you know, obviously with the other injuries, and it's, you know, it could become a problem position for us, um, which, you know, we coped so well with the uh, injuries last year. And then, it, you know, it appears that we might have to do it all over again. Did you ever ever have an injury like that in your career? I just wonder what the mentality is like afterwards. Um, uh, every challenge uh, then may feel a bit different. Yeah, I was. I got the metatarsal one before it became trendy. Um, <laughs> I, I was quite young, actually. 
it was the fact that I got it by actually turning and striking the ball and the stress kept cracking the bone. And I, I, it happened to me three times and I was in plaster for six weeks every time. And they eventually, like, it was sort of like make or break and they put like a, like a screw down the centre of the bone in my left foot, uh, which is still there now. Um, and if, it, you know, if that hadn't have fixed it, I would have been struggling, to be honest with you. Because like I say, I did it three times in probably like a six or seven month spell. Uh, and it, it was an awful injury. But I was lucky with other things. Um, my problems have been ankles. So I've had... I've had nine operations on my ankles and I've just like a year ago had an ankle replacement operation. So, which was a bit, but that was instead of a fusion. So that was my choice, but uh, yeah, they, they were the, they were the things that caused me most grief throughout my career. That was the price of being a professional footballer, was it? It is. I've got, I've, you know, I've got osteoarthritis, which isn't the bad one, but it's like a wear and tear and you're constantly, you know, it's constantly affecting that area. So every few years I'd have a clean out and they'd like pull something out that looked like a tooth or, you know, they'd shave it off the bone because you'd get these like little things, you know, that grew on the bone because of all the flaking and, you know, and all that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, not, not great, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, did that curtail your career as well? What age did you retire at? I retired when I was just before I was 34. I played in Australia for three years. And yeah. Coming home, I'd really stopped enjoying it. The club that I was playing for uh, had gone under. Uh, Rangers used to own them and pulled the pulled the money after a couple of years. So uh, we, we didn't get paid for quite some time. It was all a bit scruffy in the end. And I'd got a second child on the way and things like that. So I would have come home a bit earlier. But um uh, and then I had a manager who was like playing me at right back. And I was like, I'm really, really not enjoying this anymore. So when I came home, I decided to leave it behind. But probably looking back now, uh, a bit of a mistake. Yeah. I, I, it's a very career, isn't it? Some of the clubs you, you've played for, Luton, Bristol City, uh, Sheffield Wednesday. We signed you from Sheffield Wednesday, didn't we, I think? Yes, we did, yeah. I've got a little story about when we signed you from uh, Sheffield Wednesday. So I think your home debut was against Sheffield United. Um, yes, the famous game spike, if you remember, where the very clued-in Leicester fans had a, what do you call it, a, a coup, really, against Martin O'Neill afterwards. Where uh, the sitting, yeah. and standing and abusing. So I went with Steve, who, who's on the, the call just now, and I remember chatting to him before the game, and he said, and this is where you're going to get a really big compliment, I said, uh, what, what do you think to these two new signings we've had then? He went, oh, the, this Julian Watts from Sheffield Wednesday, he'll be a good player, but the other one, he's, he's not going to do any good. And the other one, the other one was Muzzy, is it? <laughs> that tells you all you need to know about Steve and his, uh, his, his ball knowledge. Uh, he wasn't a bad player, was he, Steve? Muzzy, is it? It was great. I'd just never heard of him, to be honest. He'd only played for Chelsea Reserves, hadn't he? At least I'd heard of Julian and seen him play a bit for Sheffield Wednesday and thought, he looks half decent. I'd never heard of Muzzy, is it? Yeah. Of course, uh, I'd never lived that one down. He'd have been a player in your Liverpool team, Matt. He would. He's probably the link you'd have needed there. Ball carrier, midfielder. Superb. He's very good, isn't he? Yeah. Very, very good. Um, Steve, what do we do at centre-back now then? Who do we go for? Do we try and cope with what we've got? We've got Amati who had a good game at the weekend. We've got a very young and raw 17-year-old coming through in and Nelson uh, that played a bit of pre-season as well. Yeah, I, it's it's a difficult one because um, you sign someone, they're going to want to play. And when uh, Fafana and Evans are fit, are they going to play? Um, and then what are we doing with Bankovic? When's he going to get a shot, right? Or are we going to send him out on loan again not to play? Uh, Nelson looks very good, doesn't he, for a 17-year-old? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I always thought we needed a backup experienced defender. So I thought we'd end up with someone like Tarkovsky because um, 
Bionchu and Fofana were very good, but when Evans wasn't there, they didn't seem to miss his guidance and experience. So I always thought, because Evans wouldn't be playing every game, we'd get somebody experienced to play, particularly if we had a three at the back, um, instead of Evans every now and again. So I still think that might be the way we go. It's a bit of a standoff on price, I think, isn't there, on Tarkovsky at the minute? Yeah. He's in his last 12 months of his contract. Barry, we're not we're not Aston Villa. We don't have the Grealish millions and all the other billions you've got on top of that. Uh, th- 35 to 40 million for a player that's got 12 months on his contract, who, we, who we, I, I would imagine we will get for free next summer. That would be mental, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be very less alike. Yeah, I'd had too much money for him. Yeah, there's, there's players out there that you could take. Set the season pros as well. Like you get like K- still unsigned. Why? I think that's a, just a no-brainer to go for someone like that. And even mm. like we took we took that two-one Zavi, but he's not going to break. He's not going to play every week. Yeah. So I, 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 I thought Leicester would be all over that. Yeah, just, so, there's, there's opportunities there. Just need to pick the right one. I don't. I don't think Tarkovsky is the one. Not for yeah, that money. Cahill's very much one that's been mentioned. Tom, you've got a um, Vestergaard from Southampton as well. Um, right. And is it Stefan de Vries from Inter Milan that's suddenly popped up? I think Raiola's trying to sort of get in on that fire sale there because they are um, they're going bankrupt as well. There's a lot of that, isn't there, in these super super club teams uh, <laughs> struggling a little bit. But yeah, what, what who do you fancy out of that little list? Well, you, you know we we like Vestergaard, don't we? But I think he's he's got we've got a lot of uh, competition going for him. I'd say. With how he how he was performing last season. He had a great He's season. Banging the goals season, in as well. Yeah, he had a great season. That might be two birds in one stone if we signed a player like him, Aidan. We could suddenly become good at defending set pieces and scoring from them with Ryan Bertrand and Stilifer. Yeah, yeah. I will say on that on that point, I will say uh, that I thought Ian Acho's penalty um, was really good. Uh, it kind of brought me back to December whenever we, we got that penalty at Selhurst Park. And he missed it. And I thought that the, the kind of penalty on Saturday at Wembley kind of epitomised the progress that he's made. Just he hit it with such confidence and, and hit it well. Um, so, yeah, set pieces uh, for, for him from the penalty spot and maybe maybe score a few if we get this guy. Did you see the one he took at Burton in pre-season? I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, so did he. It's still landed now. I think it went over the uh, <laughs> over the stand. But yeah, it was good to see him, him get that, wasn't it? A good it bit was, of work, yeah. I think, from Patson Dacca. He's the one that we've had a bit of hype around pre-season. Um, what do you know about Patson Dacca and what can we expect from him? Like every Leicester signing in probably the last six years, I've always gone, who is that? And then my worry about Dacca... And it, it, I'm going back to um, the Musa yeah. uh, goal against Barcelona, where we went, "Oh my God, we've just signed the next level Messi. What's going on here?" Um, and then he was not the greatest player in the world. Uh, uh, so my worry is that's going to happen. However, um, when he came on uh, in Chelsea Shield, I mean, the problem was I only saw the first half. I had a, I had a gig in Nottingham, um, so um, we had to celebrate that goal in Nottingham car park. Um, but from what I could hear, because I haven't caught up on it, he sounded like he was lively, sounded like he was he was pushing the boundaries. And a lot of people seem to say it's Vardy-esque um, player, so you never know, he may be the replacement. Yeah. Assuming he doesn't do a Musa. Well, the, I've, I've seen a bit of him pre-season and he does look, he looks absolutely rapid. Uh, he certainly looks like he's got the pace that maybe Vardy has lost half a yard. How, how do you keep those three happy, Julian? Do you think you've got Kalecci and Acho now, you've got Vardy and you've got Dakar. I get the feeling that 
Brendan's managing Dakar's expectations this season that he's not going to see loads of game time. Wouldn't have thought so, no. And I know, uh, obviously, Cleach's stock rose last year, but I, I felt it only did when he when the, the formation changed and they went to a front two. I think he screws as a lone striker. And I would yeah. say just by his raw pace, Dakar probably suits that role a bit better. So he's more likely to be a direct replacement for Vardy. But, yeah, I think it's a, 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 not a phasing out of Jamie Vardy. That sounds terrible because he's, he's a fantastic player, still is as well. But it is that, you know, I think the, the conversations he'll be having with him is that, you know, that's your future there, but you're going to have to be very patient with it. Yeah. And like I say, Kalich, if he comes on with either of those, uh, you know, I think he's been linking up well with Dakar pre-season and, and obviously they had that spell with, with Vardy last season. So uh, I just don't see him as a lone striker, but I, I think it's quite manageable between all three. I think Kalich's expectations will be a little bit more than last year, but he still knows Jamie's the, you know, the main man and I suppose they'll manage it. You know, Brendan do, on like do you think he can keep all three happy? I mean, they're all um, they're a bit different footballers from my days. They're, they're very difficult to keep up, I think, most of the time. But I do, yeah, I think for me, it's that as a, I think what Brendan does as well is he brings in the right characters, not just the right footballers. And, you know, I think as a as a footballer, one of the best things you can have is that humility where you know you you know where you are in life. You know, if he's coming into this club now, Dakar, Surely he doesn't expect to be starting every week, and I'm sure he doesn't. And that would have been, you know, discussed at great length uh, way before he was signed. Uh, and again, you know, like I say with Kalichi, for me, he needs to be as part of a, a duo. So depending on the formation, you know, he will know that he's not going to get probably as much game time uh, as he did last season, and it's going to be more of a cameo role. But it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. He's a good character, though, isn't he, Tom Kalechi in that show? He seems to have a real nice way about him. He's stepped he up is, for his yeah. really important moments and got one over on Man City at the weekend, his old club. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's always on the socials, isn't he? Sort of thanking everyone and, <laughs> yeah, being being thankful for the support. And it seems that, that Dak is the same way. The way that he's took to Leicester already is quite impressive, really. Um, I think the, the way he came on at the weekend as well, like you say, Mark, he, he was absolutely rapid when he came on. Him, him and uh, Samare really impressed me um, with how how quick they were to to get themselves ready to the speed of the game and, and push the ball on. Did you see the video of Samare uh, after? I know I, I didn't actually see it in the game, but him bouncing Man City players off him like he was it, yeah. like he was, yeah. like he was an playing against the ball. Race. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't fantastic. get a pass off, so he just had to keep it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Barry, from an outside point of view, what do you see in these two signings that we're talking about now? In uh, if you know anything about them as, as of yet, Patson Dakar and Bubakari Samare. I think it's just the, the strength and depth of team having. I, I really like that Dakar. I like the look of him. Um, I think he'll get more games than you think. I think uh, it, it was. This is the first time it's been quite noticeable that Vardy. He, he was he was covering ground fast, but nowhere near like he what he used to. And like fair play, he's mid thirties now. But I, I think Dakar will get that chance, especially against the sort of bigger clubs and the the clubs with heftier centre halves. Yeah. Do you almost feel with Vardy at the minute, and I feel almost bad even asking this question, but when he's getting a chance now, he seems to be that almost desperate to finish it to prove a point. Uh, he's almost snatching at some of the chances that are there, whereas actually, if he's not relying on his pace, his finishing needs to be a lot crisper, Barry. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And it, it, it did look like that. Uh, you know, I'm one of his biggest fans. But that was, that was a strange performance by him because he was trying to gear the team on. But it was almost like because he wasn't at his best. 
yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I do think there'll be a transition, and I, I think if Daka hits the ground running, run um, Vardy might struggle to go back in the team. And Aidan, does Vardy, as a prediction, I know you love your predictions, uh, does Vardy finish the season as the top scorer for us this season? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. It's a big prediction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a big Jimmy Vardy fan as well, but um, yeah, some, you know, it's, it's not happening. Sure, it's not. You know, I think Steve was saying to me, was it two goals since? In open play since Christmas. Yeah. In open play since Christmas, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Just just wonder how it's going to be for him on Saturday with the fans at full KP, because uh, that is his that is his uh, vodka Red Bull really, isn't it? He thrives off that when he gets a bit of abuse from the away fans. He'll be he'll be loving life. Spike, are you down there on Saturday? I'm not down there on Saturday. No, I am uh, uh, long gone from my days of uh, of getting a season ticket and getting a ticket. Unfortunately, I gave it up for children. So. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we'll, keep, we'll keep that quiet. My wife's in the next room. I'm in her nail room. <laughs> my, my season ticket is the last thing that's going. I can tell you that. Um, there was talk. There was talk. It might be coming back because you know the youngest is now seven. It's starting to get, and they're all wearing Leicester shirts, so it's starting to feel like it might be coming back at some point. So I probably need to get on a list. You have you have so to get them in, don't you, um, Julie? I think you said you were at Rotherham United on Saturday. What's the what's the story of that? Are you a Rotherham fan? That was my first club. Um, and the guy who, so a friend of mine from the pub across the road, obviously, uh, he's bought the, uh, you know, the hospitality thing there because his family are from Rotherham. And what was nice on uh, Saturday was the, the the guy who spotted me as a, as a young player and converted me from a midfield player, which I was always insistent I was and was nowhere near good enough to be a midfield mm-hmm. player, uh, into a centre-back. He actually uh, hosts the lounge. So it was nice to catch up with him because it, it literally, again, if it wasn't for... <coughs> His persistence in where he thought I should play, I probably wouldn't have been a professional footballer. So uh, it's fantastic. It, it is honestly. And he, we used to have some not ding dongs because I was a bit more respectful than that. But I, I never really agreed with him until he, he sort of forced me to play there, and it, it sort of then just fell into place when I was about seventeen or eighteen. And they uh, they won, didn't they, on Saturday? Was it two 0 they did. It was a good good start for them. Uh, obviously, they've got a big game against another old club, Sheffield Wednesday, in a couple of weeks. So there's a lot of rivalry in the area at the moment. Um, so, but it was a good start. They played ever so well and ran out comfortable winners in the end. And it just it was just nice to get back and see some familiar places at the club as well. Yeah, and while we're on other clubs pre-seasons, then very quickly, Matt Liverpool, how's it how's it been for them? Yeah, do you know what? Well, it's going well tonight. <laughs> who, who are they playing? Osasuna tonight. Yeah, I think it was three 0 after about half hour or so. So, yeah, it's it's gone okay. Do you know the biggest thing is is um, whilst they've not particularly won the Canada, they signed Canate, but yeah, just getting the players back and getting some kind of and the fans as well. What well, like everyone's the same, aren't they? With that, but yeah, it's it's been okay. This whole idea of Alex Alexander Chamberlain as a false number nine, I'm not sure. I think that's a smokescreen, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Got you, it's got a, got a funny feeling that some of these clubs that have got their players back so late are going to struggle to hit the ground running at the beginning of the season because you saw. Leicester's first few pre-season games, it just takes that little bit of time. Baz, how how Villa been getting on? They won, didn't they? Three one on Saturday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, they've done all right. They've won, yeah, all bar one. Um, uh, I think. Yeah, I think I'm quite. I'm quite. I'm quite confident. Quite positive. I think uh, we need a couple more signings. Uh, defensive midfielder, maybe another winger, being greedy, mm. and I think we'll be set. Yeah, I, I think with Grealish going and buying three attacking players, we've kind of became. 
a unit now rather than dependent on uh, one solo player. So I'm excited to see what happens. Good. Well, fingers crossed for you. <laughs> you don't mean that. <laughs> it, it, it must have hurt though yesterday seeing seeing that seeing him in blue. Yeah, yeah he's, but do you know what hurt the most? I think it was just because he didn't look like he was enjoying it. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like he's joined any of the pressers. Yeah, um, and this part of me that just like on the day that he signed, uh, Guardiola basically said if a new Messi was going to be playing, would have went for him. It's grim. Yeah, I. I I say, I'd be surprised if he's there for two seasons. Yeah, we'll see, see what happens from there. Yeah. Listen, guys, when we have a when we do our shows, we have a little game in it as well. We call it Last Man Standing. We'll go around each of you individually. I've got a quiz question, football related, and it's FA Cup related in uh, homage to the guys from Zero Six uh, with their Yuri's Thunderbastard. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you can see we'll panic in there that it's not Leicester related. So I've got the name of everyone that has scored an FA Cup final goal since 2010 in front of me, and I want you to give me a name each as I go. Around. Round, um, and we will we'll go from there. Julian, I'm going to start with you as our ex-pro guest. I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, start last season. God, I wouldn't even know who's in the final. Or well, obviously, <laughs> made the season before. Um, yeah. <laughs> did Kalichi score? Second, sorry. Kalichi score? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. Spike. bottle again, Spike. You go for it, Spike. Oh, can I go for it? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, would it be Yuri Tillinsman? Yuri Tillinsman, yeah. Bastard. <laughs> yeah, it did, yeah. <laughs> so, we were right behind that, and I'm going to talk about that every podcast till the end of time, Tom, weren't we? That, that shot, where he left his foot, I said the night, it's, that's in. You it, said, and I didn't say. <laughs> yeah, un- unbelievable strike. Honestly, it was one of those that, again, it just stopped in time. Uh, I, I, okay. thought, I thought it, I didn't say it, because your mum had gone for a piece, <laughs> so there was no point saying it. I was thinking it, yeah. That's in. It's like an arrow. Yeah. Matt, who have you got? Oh, I am st- I'm racking my brains trying to think. It's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a big name. Some big names the, in there. The first name that came into my head was Roberto Di Matteo, which was way before 2010. <laughs> yeah, the it was. Goal in the FA Cup final, was it? Was it? it was 1997. It was the year that we won the League Cup, that was. So now you're out there, I'm afraid. Tom? I'm out, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be useless at this as well. Um, stab in the dark, I'm going to say Robin Van Persie. No, it was a good shout, but no, he's, this is maybe I've got this wrong with this question. Barry? Yeah. I'm going to go for a bang, mate. A bang. Kind of season. Arsenal yeah. lad. Yeah. That's Sco- good. I was going to do that. Scored twice in 2020. Steve? <laughs> I was going to go Obama Young. Um, what's the uh, Lacazette? No. No. Aiden. Well, I was going to go for what Steve said, so thanks for taking that away, Steve. Uh, going on Sergio Aguero. Did he score in an FA Cup <laughs> No, this is an absolute disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Well it's done, never Mark. normally this bad. <laughs> Spike. <laughs> Back to you, Spike. Me? Yeah. Oh, God. P- well, please get it Man- right. Man City scored six, didn't they? So they did. That's why I was going to go for Aguero. Seeing that I can't, I'll go for Sterling. <laughs> yes, yeah, scored twice in that oh. 6 0 thrashing of Watford. Baz. Still in. Uh, Drogba. Yeah, certainly did. Back in 2012. Back to you, Spike. And 2010. I'll stick Man City then. Surely De Bruyne has scored in that 6-0. He 
He did. Barry. Uh, Torres. No, no, no Torres. No, no Torres. Definitely no. I've just had a quick check on VAR and definitely no Torres. <laughs> so sorry about that. I thought you'd remembered when Villa beat, uh, got beat 4-0 by Arsenal. That was that was the last no, ten thanks. years. So the the goal scorers anyway. I'll run down them really quickly if, in case anyone that's listening is playing. We've got Yuri Tillemans in twenty one, Pulisic in twenty, Abamian uh, got two that year in the six nil victory for Man City. It was David Silva three for Jesus, uh, De Bruyne and two for Sterling in twenty eighteen. It was Eden Hazard twenty seventeen, Alexis Sanchez, Diego Costa and Aaron Ramsey in sixteen. This was my gold ticket. It's my pointless answer. Jason Punchin. Um, one matter. No, that was Crystal Palace Man U. Palace. Yeah, that was Pardew when he was giving it all the, the dancing, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. yeah. And Lingard. Walcott, Sanchez, Mertesacker and Giroud scored against Villa in the final in 2015. Yeah. Then there was Hall 2, Arsenal 3 and in 2014. James Chester, Curtis Davies, Kazola, Koscielny, Ramsey. Ben Watson for Wigan in 2013. Oh, I got that down. Ramirez, Drogba and Andy Carroll in 2012. Yaya Torre, um, the second best number 42 after Bubakari Samare and Didier Drogba in 2010. So well done on that one, Spike. You have won our uh, last man's tap in today. I'm going to do better <laughs> than that, boys. I've just got to apologise about that. Right. Right wing. What's gonna, what are we going to do there, Steve? for the start of the season is a Jose Perez, the man that we can rely on, or we need to draft some uh, reinforcements in. Uh, he's a squad player for me. I think he gets an inordinate amount of shit off the fans. Actually, it's like uh, uh, the player to pick on at the moment. Um, I thought he played well against Valencia. Um, I've, I thought he was off the pace a bit in the, in the community shield. Um as Ian Marshall said, he's not one for a fight, is he? When everything's going well, he, he can, like we won 9-0 at Southampton and he scores a hat-trick. Yeah. When we've got our backs to the wall, he, he seems to go missing. So, uh, yeah, and I, and I think he's always played better coming in in a kind of number 10 role when Madison's not been fit than he has playing, on the, playing out wide as well. I don't think he's as bad as the fans make out, but for me as a squad player, no more than that. Did you ever feel when you were a player at Leicester, Julian, that the fans had it in for one player in particular? Because it's sort of been a bit of a Leicester City thing, isn't it, Steve? Yeah. You think Dad and Simon Grayson. Grayson would have got it. Yeah, Simon Grayson was the one, but yeah, he's, he's, he's coming on the show in a couple of weeks, so we better, <laughs> <laughs> we better make sure he doesn't hear that bit or else we'll be in big trouble. Uh, do you think, Aidan, that the, the plans have changed ever so slightly in, on terms of the right wing now that Wesley Fofana's injured? Funds have to be spent elsewhere, don't they? They do, yeah. I think the main the priority for us is... Um, is to shore up the defences to, to bring in a quality quality defender. Um, so yeah, uh, that 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 must be the priority. You know, we've been looking good going forward. Um, yeah, it would be nice to have a bit more quality on the right side. Um, but I think we'll we'll get a lot of joy out of Harvey Barnes if he gets back into that form that he was on the left side, uh, and maybe more more things will come down that side for us. But yeah, it has to be a defender, really. That's that's my concern. That's my worry. Is that um, if we're we're leaking goals, um, it doesn't matter then. Sure, doesn't. Because we were linked with a couple, weren't we, earlier in the window? Spike. There was Trincao that went to Wolves, and then Leon Bailey has obviously gone to Aston Villa. 
Um, are you happy that we've got what we've got, or you, you think we might get another Chengiz under style signing in on loan? Yeah, I mean, bless him. He was he was okay, but you know, he was he was just you, like like Steve said about Perez being squad player. He was just another squad player for me. Um, I think well, wasn't there talk about the um, the Welsh lad as well after the Euros? Conor's name, yeah, um, James Dan James Dan James. Um, it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, we've got pace with Ricardo going down the right anyway. Um, we can we can still hurt teams, and like you say, Harvey Barnes on the left is is probably going to be the most teams' biggest uh, nightmare attacking you down there anyway. You just feel that if we've got that right side of winger, then the options there to go four four two or four three three with Brendan Rogers at the helm as well. Julian, quick question: What do you think to Brendan Rogers? Because I did ask Ian Marshall this question. I'll tell you his answer <laughs> very shortly. Um, what what do you think? Our answer. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a very uh, unexpected answer. I think to the, to the <laughs> question at that time. Uh, do, do you rate him as a coach? I do. Yeah, but you know, he, he did well at Swansea, was it? And I think, I mean, at Liverpool, I think. It was a bit of a funny season for him because Suarez was probably worth about 15 points on his own that season. So it might have, you know, he might have um, come out of that uh, looking a lot better than, than than if, you know, Suarez wasn't there. But uh, And I thought he was treated a little bit poorly by them at the time, if I'm honest. But he speaks ever so well. Uh, you can see he's got a great relationship with the players. You know, the, the recruitment, which is not just down to him, but he obviously must oversee it. The recruitment at Leicester is one of the, one of the best things we have in comparison with the other top clubs. So for me personally, I, I, you know, as as Leicester fans, what we've done in the last sort of six years has been fantastic. I know there's been other managers before that, but uh, he's took the helms and at the right time. And I think if you didn't have Brendan, who would you really go to right now um, that would want to come to Leicester? You know, yeah. so there is there is that thing, and I just think he's the right fit. You know, with everyone, with the owners, the players, everything just seems to. Uh, for me, look, look quite good. And we are putting the performances on the pitch that as fans would like to see and getting the results as well. So looking yeah. forward to the season. Um, like I say, positive start. We can all, you know, I know Man City said it was a friendly when they got beat, but, you know, you'd much rather win the game like we have done. And it's just a massive, well, another positive for us on the way going into the season. It is. It, it eases the transition, doesn't it, as you go through. Mm. Just for just for the record, Ian did say that if uh, if Brennan was chocolate, he'd eat himself, Barry. Is that, am I lick right himself. with those words? No, he'd lick, he said, lick himself. If he was chocolate, he'd lick himself. That's what he said. <laughs> He's not Irish, Steve. Um, same for you then, Matt. What, what's your thoughts on Brennan Rogers as a, as a Liverpool man? Do you know what? I, th- I thought... He was very unlucky, to be honest, in that season. Um, I think just defensively, we struggled a bit towards the end. But uh, Rodgers was great at Liverpool, considering wh- where you know where we were when he took over. But you could see you could see him actually implementing style. You could see it with Leicester as well. He's got he's he's certainly. I mean, with, you know, all the jokes aside about Brendan Rodgers and character and stuff like that, he's built some very good sides, and he really has. And I, yeah, I mean, I just, well, from that perspective, where you had the rumours with him, you know, Arsenal was it and stuff like that, nuts. I think he's got the perfect job right now where he is and what he's doing. Um, and and he's got he's got a good eye for the players as well, to be fair. I know it's not just him, like you said, the recruitment, but I, I still like Rodgers. I just think, you know, he was just very, very unlucky. He came so close. 
Yeah. Got to understand now as well is that Leicester are being talked about at the top end of the game, and they are now. You see that yeah. the things that are coming through, and we don't have the resources at the top end of the game, so we're not mm-hmm. signing players for 60, 70. Mm-hmm. I saw a great quote, I think it was a few weeks ago, saying that we don't sign superstars, we make them. And I thought that was absolutely spot on because we're signing players that people don't really know at that stage and bringing them in. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, is there any more superstars that are coming through? Do you think? Have you seen any one in pre season maybe that's in the academy that you think might stand out? Um, well, I, I think Thomas is still is still the one this season. Really, I know I know it was it was going to be Justin, and then as as Thomas came in and and sort of took took over his role when he had to, he he did spectacularly well. Um, and yeah, it's well, I suppose you you've got to take the positives out of the injuries that we've had, and and that is some of these younger players getting a shot. You've got Dewsbury Hall as well. That's uh, yeah. That's probably the name. Well, Shepshire Ladney is the name that's. He had an absolutely superb second half of the season at Luton last year on loan. I think he picked up every award that they had. I just like him on the ball. He moves the ball forward. He's got a good shot on him. Scored at QPR in pre-season as well. It gives us a real lift, doesn't it? When we see, and I, I know it's a bit of a cliche, one of our own in in the starting eleven or coming off the bench. Yeah, of course it does. And I think, you know, the, the same goes for Harvey Barnes. You, you can tell that he's a Leicester lad, really. He's, he's absolutely love him going out there and playing, which again is an, another a real shame that he he sort of only got half a season. So it'll be, it'll be good to see him uh, perform yeah. at his best. And we'll make some more of those superstars. Um, Julian, when you played for Leicester, little story for you now. I've been holding this back, but being as we're reaching relatively the end, I might as well embarrass myself. But you lived in our village, I think, for a period of time in Haven. Am I right in saying that? <laughs> so at the time, I think I was 10 um, <laughs> when you signed. Uh, and the word got out that Leicester City player moved to Haven and it was on Loughborough Road, which is the biggest road in the history of the world, which we found out afterwards. But we didn't know whereabouts. There was like four of us. We didn't know whereabouts she lived. It was one Sunday and it just got absolutely stupid. So we set out with the best of intentions to knock on every door until we <laughs> found Julian Watts. By the end, by the time we'd spent three or four hours doing it, we were knocking on doors. A 90-year-old woman was coming to the door and we were saying to them, are you Julian Watts? <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? The only door that didn't answer that day was the one that we then found out that you lived in, but I'd lost all hope by then. Did you did you enjoy your time in, in, in our village, in Tom's village? If you'd have come across and knocked on the door at the pub, you'd have probably seen yeah. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually, the first day we moved in, I walked, I went across the road for a pipe with the missus, it was in the summer, and uh, I walked in and the landlord came over and he said, it's Julian, isn't it? And he went, I said, yeah, he went, we've been expecting you. And I thought, what? (laughs) 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 Not as a footballer. (laughs) But but it was, it was big news in our little sleepy village at the time that we had a a professional footballer moved in. I was mascot the following season and uh, yeah, I think I probably told you that story then and it was just as, just as memorable (laughs) as it is now. So so sorry about that. Uh, Wolves at home on Saturday, the first home game with a full capacity at the King Stadium since March um, of 2020 when we beat Aston Villa by four goals to nil. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Barry. Um, how, how are we feeling about that one? Aidan, what, what's your thoughts for the game at the weekend? Yeah, I'm relatively confident that we can get off to a good start. Um, I think just going forward, we'll have too much for Wolves. <laughs> and um, yeah, after Saturday, I think that the defensive display will be as solid enough that they won't, they won't cause us 
too many problems um or definitely in the balance of play and the balance of it that we we should win and I think we will win They've got Raul Jimenez back now, haven't they? So they have got more of a goal threat. It's probably going to be difficult for him to... I'm a bit scared to say this now, I've started the sentence, to hit the ground running after so long out, Steve. And again, with that head injury that he he suffered, are Wolves more of a spent force, do you think, this season? Well, uh, probably an unknown force because, yeah, I think it could have affected his confidence, at least at a subconscious level. He might not be the player he was for a while, just like Ricardo was, you know... uh, it took him a long time to get over that cruciate injury. And, of course, in many ways, it was a, almost a life-threatening injury for Jimenez as well. So, yeah. uh, And with a new manager, um, a bit of an unknown quantity. But I, I think we could have enough if, if we play to our potential to beat them. So they lost the goalkeeper as well, haven't they? So yeah. Rui Patricio, he's gone. They've got a new guy that's that's come in there. Led to believe that some of the other players are going to go as well. Martinho and what's the other fellow in midfield? Neves. Neves. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, potentially. Right. He's, he's off to your lot, Matt, isn't he? Maybe, maybe um, coming to Liverpool. There's a lot of, well, yeah, he's a great player, Neves. I like him, yeah. Well, there's potentially a bit of Emperor's new clothes about him. So I live over in the West Midlands and uh, similar to... Um, Harry Maguire, when we sold him, everyone outside of Leicester thought he was amazing, but everyone within Leicester thought there was a bit of a... We, we were rubbing our hands about that. That's pretty much where Wolves are at the minute with, with Neves, just to let you know. So, you know, <laughs> ring Jürgen, let him know. I'll, I'll bear that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's very, very much a time of transition for them. Julian, do you think Leicester have it mm. in them to beat Wolves and, and really set the pace on Saturday? Absolutely, I do. I think obviously there's been a lot of change over at Wolves. New, there'll be you know a new style of play, a new way of doing things that you know that always takes time to bed in. But I just think you know going back to Saturday and the other preseason games, we, we do look strong. Saturday we looked so strong right the way through the pitch. Like I said earlier, there there wasn't really I thought a bad performance, and and we have got options now. I do agree with you that on the right we could do someone for me with a bit more pace. You know, I think I think Perez is a number ten all day long. I totally agree with Steve on that. Uh, but unfortunately, obviously, we, we, you know, we've got Madison there. And so I would like to see that balance with pace either side um, of the pitch. But what we have got now is, is options with all these players coming in. And it's not just a, a strong 11 as it has been, you know, in the past. And, and then you're sort of scratching your head afterwards. I think there's a strong 11 and there's options to bring onto the pitch in, in most areas. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, getting the season started. Me too. Barry... James Madison to Arsenal's rumbled on. It'd be a step down for him, wouldn't it? Do you agree with what Roy, Roy Keane was saying there at, at the weekend about him going to Arsenal? Wouldn't be a good career move for him? I totally agree, yeah. I think he, he should stick out of Leicester. This is whether Leicester want to keep him, I suppose. Because if they, if they were to get big money, could they invest that better? Probably. Well, that was the question, wasn't it? Yeah. If you got yeah. if you got eighty million for him, let's say 70, 80 million, and you could go out and get your right winger, you could get your centre back that you want. Spike, would you take that? Yes, I think I probably would. Although I think um, some of the players have put their arms around him this week and said, "You, you've got a better move. Just stick around, haven't they?" So, yeah. uh, and I don't think we've even received a bid, have we? No. I think they'd put a bid in for about £8.50 paid over four years or something <laughs> and, like that. And a curly whirly. <laughs> yes. yeah. I'll tell you what, I have to disagree with you, Spike, right? I'm I'm fed up of us losing one of our best players every season. It's time we broke that trend. And I think there's a lot more to come from Madison. And I think we'll see that this season. Yeah, sure. but £80 million? 
Yeah, we won't get 80 million. I'm not even sure. Well, that was the 60. question. If, yeah, if it was 80 yeah. million, yeah, you'd take it. No, but absolutely. It'd be, it'd be nice if the first season we go, no one left. Even it gives, we didn't want it to leave. Gives us the sales managed to stay. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> There's the problem at right wing solve. Just bring uh, Gazelle back in, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, James Madison gives us something slightly different, isn't he, on the half turn and those little passes. He's, he's dangerous when he's on form and he did look a little bit more like his old self, Steve, on Saturday. And he's getting stuck in as well, which he never did when he first joined. So um, he's not the most effective tackler, but he does track back and, and get stuck in now. And he has the ability to beat players, but it's his passing, isn't it? I think when you've got pacey players like Barnes and Vardy and Pats and Dacker, have someone that can spot the pass, uh, make the time to spot the pass and then execute the pass. I think that's going to be really useful for us. Good. I'm going to take some predictions before we finish, guys. If is there anyone who doesn't do predictions before I ask? Some people are a bit funny, aren't they? But I want I want two predictions. I want one for the weekend score and against Wolves, and I also want one for where you think Leicester will finish in the table this season. So, Steve, I will start with you if that's okay. Um, I think we'll win two 0 and you're going to hate me, but I think we'll finish fifth again. Okay. <laughs> I won't hate you for that. Barry, how do you see Leicester getting on at the weekend and where will they finish the season? I think they'll win 3 0. So I think, I think Wolves will be the surprise relegation team. Yeah, me too. Uh, 100%. I think you'll get fourth. I think you'll get fourth. Aiden? Uh, I'll go for a 3 1 win at the weekend. Um, and unfortunately, I'm going to go with Steve and think we'll just we'll miss out again and go for fifth place. But I think. We'll, we'll qualify for the Champions League by winning the Europa League. Oh, what a shout that'd be. Ooh. What a shout that'd be. <laughs> that was quite a short prediction for you. Normally tell us the goal scorer of the minutes, the assist provider. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, how, many corners? <laughs> yeah. how, how about you for Leicester this weekend and how are they going to finish this season? I think I'll just stick with the fours. I think it'll be 4 0 and we'll finish fourth. Smash him. We'll take that. Spike. Steve took the words out of my mouth 2 0 and fifth. Um, if I'm being honest, just because last season wasn't lost against Chelsea and Tottenham, it was lost when we didn't turn up against Fulham and a 10 man Southampton. And I just still think that's kind of somewhere in there with us this this season. Hopefully, the new the new boys will sort that out. But I still can't see past fifth. Sorry, I I don't see it as a bad season though. How can as Leicester City fans we sit here saying <laughs> fifth in the Premier League for the third season running would be a failure? It's beyond me. Tom, go on then. 3-0. 3-0 this weekend coming. Um, I'll go fourth. So, I thought you were going to start 14th or something. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I was going to go third, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to get too greedy. And Matt, finally for you, have the final say. Go on then. Um, well, 3-1 at the weekend, I think. I think Leicester will win that, definitely. Do you know what? I, I, I'll say fifth. Even as a Liverpool fan, I'd love it to be fourth or above because... Uh, of the teams that have been there and close the last few years. But like you said, you know, you're finishing above Arsenal and Spurs. That's one thing that's happening for definite. However, Villa do, sorry, <laughs> but they're finishing above Villa as well. So I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. I think it might be different this year in the top four. I don't know. Yeah, I don't be. think it's quite a set. I, I still don't think Man City are going to run away with it. I think we'll see. 
but yeah. I'm gonna go slightly against the grain. I think we'll finish sixth this season. I think it'll be slightly worse in the league, but I do think we'll go far in the Europa League. So that is my uh, my mm. prediction. Um, but I also think we'll win on Saturday two one, um, which will make me very happy as the <laughs> steps steps and in laws are all Wolves fans. So we'll, we'll <laughs> take that. Listen, guys, I think that's about it for tonight. I'd just like to thank everyone for joining us, especially the guys at Zero Six, um, Spike and Matt, and Excess City yeah. Defender Julian Watts. Thanks so much for your time tonight, guys. It's been great to kick the season off with you, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again next week. From It's Eleven, it's Heaven for Jamie Vardy. Open up a little here. Not there. Perez, maybe with the arm, but we continue. Here's Yuri Tielemans! It's a stunning goal from Tielemans!